You are now tuned in to No One Watches Regular News, hosted by me, Kerry Bogar, and this is episode 96. Finding moments in history, iconic images, memorial, textbooks for most, but witnessed in person by former Associated Press photographer Gene Herrick. My history is, is really pretty great, and... Uh, the journalist hates to say that. Herrick transferred to Memphis in 1949, offering him a front row seat to the battle for civil rights across the American South. It was very different living in the South from the North. Extremely different. Herrick was behind the lens during the trial and the lynching of Emmett Till and was feet away from a stoic Rosa Parks while she was fingerprinted for not giving up her seat on a Montgomery, Alabama bus to a white passenger. And I knew that was important. But at the moment, I didn't know that it was historical. He covered marches and a young Dr. Martin Luther King, who Herrick instantly knew was special. His voice was commanding. It was vibrant. It echoed. Looking back, Herrick admits he was never confident the work for equal rights for black Americans would end with the movement. It's taken so much longer than I thought. At 93, ever the journalist, Herrick has followed the new movement, rising up after the death of George Floyd in police custody. This battle, he thinks, feels different than the one he witnessed 70 years ago. I have a feeling like it's going to happen this time. You do? Yes, I do. Have you ever felt like that before? No, no, no. No, I never felt hope for the black people. Hope from a man who's watched history unfold firsthand. Sarah Blake Morgan, The Associated Press. So the voice you heard, his name was Gene Herrick. Uh, Gene Herrick was a former photographer for the Associated Press. So uh, you heard him say that he that he was taking photographs of what was going on in the South back then. You know, Rosa Parks, Dr. King, he was there taking photos. So he is a witness of what black people went through back then and what continues now. When you hear him speaking, he say this. Um, he has had no hope for the black people. And then he says um, that it has taken longer than expected. What he's saying is this. From the time that he saw things happen to black people in the South till now, it is a long, long road, a long, long journey. And progress has been made, but not enough. It's taken too long. This is what he's saying. It's taking way too long. Um, my mother was born in 1950, my father 1947. Even now, my mother would say that she remembers when schools were desegregated. She remembers when schools were segregated as well, when black people, black students were not allowed to go to the white schools or be around white people. They were segregated. This is one generation removed. My mother is still living. She's in her 70s now, 70. So she remembers this. So back then, black people wanted civil rights, not even equal, just civil. The right to an education, the right to vote, the right to even buy a fucking house. Just to be left alone, not to be bothered. Not to be denied certain services or certain things you need. This was the whole point of the civil rights movement. Black people in the South were going through hell. 
And this was at the hands of white people, the white institution, the U.S. government. This was sanctioned by the U.S. government, meaning that, that this was allowed. There was no laws on the book that said that white people were not allowed to do this to black people until the 1960s. So Emmett Till was killed in 1955, for example, Emmett Till. And I'm going to read to you this article about him and about this anti-lynching bill. So the House passed the Emmett Till Anti-Lynching Act, making lynching a federal hate crime, okay? So uh, lynching would be classified as a federal hate crime now. Uh, the House voted 422 to 3 to approve the Emmett Till Anti-Lynching Act which would allow crimes to be prosecuted as a lynching if someone is killed or injured in the commission of a hate crime, okay? It says this. From 1877 to 1950, about 4,400 black people were lynched in the U.S., according to the Equal Justice Initiative, a nonprofit that offers legal services to those who are wrongly convicted of crimes, among others. The NAACP counted about 4,700 lynchings from 1882 to 1968. More than 70% of those killed were black. Now, for the black people that were murdered and lynched and killed from the late 1800s to the, to the uh, 1960s, there would, no, there would be no justice served for them, ever. Emmett Till never got justice. And in 2022, you just now passed an anti-lynching bill act. Named after Emmett Till, the young boy that was murdered and killed in 1955, and justice was never served on his behalf. So in America, man, when black people complain about certain things, when we talk about racism and things that we know exist, what we're saying is this. No one should be mistreated because of, a, of the color of their skin. No one should be mistreated and they're a human being. And the person that's mistreating them is never held accountable for what they did to them. They broke a law, right? So that person should be held accountable. If that person is never held accountable, this is what you call an injustice. Okay. Every single human being in America, black, white, no different, should be guaranteed this, to be treated fairly, receive equal justice under the same laws that everyone else does. Again, any person, a human being in America, if they are mistreated, the person that mistreats them, if they break the law, if they violate them, they should be held accountable if they are not held accountable for what they do to them. This is an injustice, and this is the point that I'm making. In 2022, we should not be talking about how a group of people are not receiving justice. Okay? The same way that, that white people are treated, Asians, etc. Every single group in America should receive justice. And just do. That's all I'm saying. So to read an article about how this is just now passing. And this is being recognized. This says that we have a long way to go. 
a prime example whenever we hear in in the news uh the supreme court um you know the first black woman the first black this this is a problem it's saying that we have a long way to go and people are proud of this shit the first black this the first black that so that means up until that point no other black woman was ever even considered until now and why so when you look at how america was built how it was formed it's that dark cloud that continues to kind of hover over america because it's something we talk about it's something that's history that's discussed but let's be honest for the people that was held captive for so long, that being black people, that was held captive. And then once they were they were released, they were still held back, denied, forbidden. They can't do this, can't go there, can't do nothing. Up until that point, there was there's still no justice ever served. Those families that, that lost a loved one, a cousin, a brother, a sister that were lynched, that family never received justice. For the families that were on plantations, that had to work for free for hundreds of years, they never received justice. They never got reparations. So again, whenever someone is mistreated, they're a human being. They're mistreated by someone else. That person is never held accountable. That is an injustice. It's wrong. And until we understand that, we will never, never be able to move forward. And recognize the past history and, and what has happened and what we have to do moving forward. The jury has found former Kentucky police officer Brett Hankinson not guilty of all counts in that raid, you may remember, that killed Breonna Taylor. For more now, Alex Perez on the phone with us. He has been following this story from the very beginning. Uh, Alex, uh, I guess tell us what we know right now, and then let's give a little background and context to how this story uh, went down during that raid. Sure, Kara. So the jury in this case here deliberating for just about three hours before they returned this not guilty verdict on all charges, acquitting uh, Detective Brett Hankinson uh, of the charges against him. Now, the thing we have to point out here, Kara, is that these charges were not related to Brianna Taylor's death. At this point, still no one has been charged in connection with her death. These charges, there were wanton endangerment charges, and they uh, were about the, the bullets. The, 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 when uh, Hankinson fired his weapon the evening of that botched raid, those bullets entered neighboring apartments. In one of those neighboring apartments, there were three people who uh, obviously could have been in danger had they been struck by a bullet. So those charges that he faced during this trial revolved around those bullets that entered uh, the, the neighboring apartment. It was not about Breonna Taylor. And when the Attorney General, Kentucky Attorney General, uh, announced these charges several months ago, um, legal experts then said they thought it would be tough for a jury to um, uh, convict him of those charges. And it turns out uh, it seems they were right. Now, in court throughout this trial, the jurors heard about five days 
of witness testimony. Uh, the prosecutor argued that Hankinson, in firing his weapon that night, and, and when those bullets entered the neighboring apartment, uh, he showed extreme indifference to human life and that that was a crime. Um, but the defense argued that he was acting in defense of his fellow officers that evening, um, and that's why he opened fire. Uh, the jury uh, uh, siding with him in this case, Kara, uh, not guilty on all charges. And I think, uh, you know, Brianna Taylor's mother and several others uh, online, of course, unhappy with this, uh, expressing themselves on social media. But not only are they unhappy with this not guilty verdict, the bigger picture here that Brianna Taylor's mother and other activists are, are really unhappy with is that at this point, still no one has been charged in connection with Brianna Taylor's death. Kira? All right. So just to be clear, um, for those that remember or for those that have forgotten, okay, Breonna Taylor's family received $12 million in a settlement from the uh, city of Louisville, Kentucky, okay? This was given to the family. This was a wrongful death lawsuit brought by the young woman's family. So the family of Breonna Taylor won $12 million in this settlement. Now, the question is, how come and why has no one been charged so far in the shooting death of Breonna Taylor? There was an accident. Why? I believe is that because the family accepted the $12 million, the settlement and the wrongful death lawsuit. So therefore, you know, this is seen as, well, what's the reason What's the purpose of pursuing criminal charges now when you accepted the $12 million? Okay. In the article um, about uh, Brett Hankerson, this is what it says. Charged with three counts of, it says, wanton or wanton, whatever, endangerment for firing multiple shots into a neighboring apartment that endangered the lives of three people on March 13th of 2020. Uh, no one were killed. It's just endangerment, right? So Hankerson uh, fired 10 shots into Taylor's apartment, several of which entered a neighboring apartment where a man, child, and pregnant woman were living. Okay. He was found not guilty. So in the article, uh, this is what it says. Um, the prosecution delivered its closing arguments Thursday. Uh, this is not a case to decide who is at fault for the tragic death of Breonna Taylor. This is what the prosecutor, Barbara, I think her last name is Wiley, told the court. This is not a case about civil rights, violation under federal law or the United States Constitution. And this is not a case about Kenneth Walker, whether what he did that night was right or wrong. This is not your decision. Okay, now people, if you remember, it was a search warrant being served for Taylor's ex-boyfriend, who they allege was selling drugs. He was not at the apartment, or he was not at the residence. But her current, her current boyfriend, Kenneth Walker, was there. And he thought someone was breaking into the apartment or the home. And then that's when he grabbed his handgun. Okay, so... When you look at this case, man, it, it's fucked up that the the family didn't get justice because they wanted justice. 
But once you receive that $12 million in that settlement for the wrongful death lawsuit, I think that closes that door for its criminal charges being pressed or charged uh, against the officer. And here it is now, he's found not guilty in all three counts. And he gets to walk away. So people are, are going to feel some kind of weight about this case. Um, really, I, I don't have a, a stance on this. Or do I stand behind the family or don't? This is just the story that I read and what people have read and seen in the news. Um, it's unfortunate, man, but based on law and how the jury saw it, he was found not guilty. So it has been several stories that have come out. Uh, you can get on YouTube or you can uh, look up the articles. Uh, <clears throat> African citizens living in Ukraine have reported racist discrimination and abuse at the border. Videos on social media have shown officials appearing to threaten to shoot groups of African students, a woman shielding an infant from cold, officials chasing groups of people, and people reported being stranded in Ukraine. So I've seen several stories in the news of people having to walk miles, hours to the border only to get there and to be told you can't cross the border to Poland or wherever you're going to. You know, that's pretty fucked up. Um, it's a couple of ways to look at this. The first thing is this. You ask the question, well, why come they do not want to stay in fight? Well, they shouldn't have to if they don't want to. You know, this is not, you know, this is a proud moment. You should stand up for the country you're living in. They're not from Ukraine. Right. So you have men from 18 and 60 or having to stay and fight, the women and the children have to go. So why don't the, the, uh, the African men want to stay and fight? Well, if the country you're living in is going through an economic crisis, like right now, there is a war that, that, uh, that has broken out. If you want to leave, you should leave. If you want to flee, you should be allowed to leave the country and not denied. It, sh it should not just be, well, just the Ukrainians can leave first and you have to wait till they all get out. No, that's that's not fair. It's a war going on. Every person has the right to fucking leave and not stay. And I've seen people say, well, they should have never left their own country. Well, people leave their country for numerous reasons. It might be a natural disaster. It, it might be an issue with the economy, corruption, conflict. It's several reasons why people will leave their own country and go elsewhere for a better opportunity. This is what Africans do when they, they leave their own country and go elsewhere. It's for a better opportunity. Because where they come from has issues, corruption, conflict, etc. So you cannot fault them from leaving their own country and going elsewhere and looking for a better life. Now, should they stay and fight? I don't know. I don't live in Ukraine. I live in Texas. So that's not my, that's not my call. I have no right to say uh, you should stay and fight because I don't know what I would do if I would stay or leave. 
So people are kind of passing judgment, uh, saying that uh, they should stay and fight. I get your point. But they have every right to leave if they want to. If they feel like this is the best choice for them to leave Ukraine and get the fuck out, they should. And when they get to the border, wherever they're going, they should not be denied the right to leave because they're black. And you got other people being uh, allowed to leave. I've seen several stories and people make comments about this shit saying, well, they should just just, just stay put. You know, don't don't make this about race because it takes away from what we have to do, which is defeat Russia. Russia, the issue with Russia and Ukraine, that's their issue. The rest of the world is, is going to sit and watch. Of course, the members in NATO are going to assist and help Ukraine out. So right now, Ukraine is seen as the country, the heroes. They have to stand up and fight against the Russians, who are the villains. And then in the middle of it, you have the either the worthy or unworthy victims, that being the Africans. They're caught in the middle of it. And then now you have to face discrimination and racism during a, a fucking conflict. And people are going to kind of give their opinions about it and say what they want to say. But this is what I say, that if they want to leave, they should be able to leave and not be de uh, denied the right to leave. If the, men, if the men want to stay and fight, then that should be their choice. But no one doing a conflict should have to experience any kind of discrimination, racism, being surrogated and separated. No one wants to walk miles and hours in, in the fucking cold in Europe just to get to the border and be told you can't go. You, you can't cross over to safety. Everyone with common sense knows that this is fucking wrong. And you cannot say what you'll do if you were in their shoes because you're not. I'm not in Ukraine. I'm not in Russia. I have never been through any kind of situation to where I had to leave because of conflict. By the grace of God, I have never been through that. So I can't say what I would and would not do. So for all the people out there, there's passing judgment. They're giving their their thoughts about this, just think about how you would feel and what you would do if the country you live in had conflict, the economy was trash, inflation, corruption, you have all these issues, and you can't live a good, normal life in the country you come from. What would you do? You would leave, migrate, go somewhere else because of what's going on in your own home country. It's common sense. So that's just my thoughts about how the Africans are being treated at the border as um, far as leaving Ukraine and them experiencing racism and discrimination. You know, I, I call this, you know, a are you a worthy victim or unworthy victim? And right now we're hearing stories and seeing reports in the news about how these Africans are being treated. So what they're saying is that you're a unworthy victim. Compared to us, the Ukrainians are a worthy victim. However, the Africans are a, a unworthy victim because they're black.
once again, thank you for being able to tune in and listen to my podcast. No one watches regular news. I'm your host, Kerry Bogar. Stay tuned for another episode.